Welcome to the Tearing It Up podcast. I'm your host, Taryn. We'll be tearing it up, tearing it down, and tearing it apart, dissecting all things related to those who deviate from the standard. From leaders of their industry to leaders of mediocrity, and maybe a gear review or two thrown in. We shoot the shit and let the conversations flow, so if that's not your style, this may not be for you. Otherwise, listen in. Hope to light a fire in you somehow. Hello, hello. We are back for another episode. Uh, we have a guest again this week we're super excited about. Um, I mean, we're excited about all our guests, but it's just so exciting each time. Um, we have Julia here. Julia Arndt, and I'm saying your last name right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's correct. Um, she is a, how would you say, like a mind, well, I don't know, I don't want to say it wrong, like mindfulness coach or health coach or what's your kind of title there? Yeah, I usually introduce myself as a peak performance coach and stress management trainer. There you have it. There it is. I <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> love it. Um, and so we'll, of course, dive deeper into peak performance and like what that means and whatnot. And so I found Julia, I believe, through a client that I had who's a good friend of hers. That, that's how I heard about her and came across her Instagram and was following her. And then I came across her podcast and was listening to that. Um, and then I got the chance to actually meet her in person um, here in Truckee at a event for female entrepreneurs. We just took like a, a big group picture, all the local tr- Truckee and Tahoe um, female entrepreneurs. And then I got to hear her speak at the Wandering Wild event. She did a whole workshop on burnout. And that's when I was just like, oh my gosh, I have to reach out to her because mm-hmm. burnout is something that I think a lot of us have heard about lately and recently and feel it and something that I think a lot of our listeners um, can relate to and whatnot. So I wanted to have her come on and talk a little bit more about that. But before we get there, I'm going to have Julia um, introduce herself. Just let us know like what, you know, where you're at today and we'll find out a little bit more of Julia. Okay. Thank you so much, Taryn. Yes, I'm very excited to be here on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. Um, It's always my pleasure, obviously, to share my passion with the world and to uh, provide more insights on burnout and how to prevent it and what the most important things are that you should know about. Um, But before I start with all of that, I usually always start with my accent. (laughs) (laughs) Um, because people usually always ask me where I'm from and I am from Germany originally that's where I grew up for the first 21 years of my life so I'm full German and then over the last 15 years I've lived in five different countries I speak three languages differently uh, fluently differently too but fluently (laughs) mostly um I studied in France, in French, actually, and then obviously I speak English and I speak German. And I, uh, yeah, I uh, worked for Google for seven and a half years, both in Europe and in the US. That's how I came to the US nine years ago. And I worked in the Bay Area and Silicon Valley at their headquarters as a project and program manager in various roles in their ads and, yeah, mostly ads departments and strategic departments and in the summer of 2018 I experienced burnout and that was a really eye-opening moment for me because I had no idea what was going on with me I always considered myself as a pretty healthy and active person people from the outside would have definitely described me that way they would probably describe me that way today and they also did probably a couple of years ago um and yeah and I 
had still a lot of unawareness about a lot of different things and we obviously still do because it's an ongoing lifelong journey of building awareness and understanding yourself better but long story short I decided to take a medical leave for three months and really understand what happened to me and also make a really big life decision that was probably impacting my burnout as well and so in uh, January of 2019, I left the company after seven and a half years and started to de started to build my own business. That was four and a half years ago. My business is obviously focusing on stress management, burnout, mental health, and productivity systems. And I created a method called the Peak Performance Method. And I've trained over 8,000 people over the last four and a half years, mostly with tech backgrounds, right? Because I come from the tech world. So I've been working a lot with tech teams, corporate teams, startup teams, consulting teams, um, Fortune 500 companies, and obviously also in one-on-one -on -one coaching settings in order to help people sustain their performance over time. Because one of the biggest insights that I gained from my own experience on obviously working with so many different people was that we are very ambitious people and we know how to push ourselves to work long hours and take on extra projects to shine and get to that next promotion or get to that next level that you're trying to that you're trying to and striving to get to but you don't really know how to do that without burning yourself out and mm -hmm. unfortunately obviously that's becoming a much bigger and bigger problem especially during the pandemic as well where we saw an uptick in productivity and at the same time also an uptick in burnout because unfortunately um, that comes sometimes hand in hand when you don't have the right habits and routines available to you so yeah so I'm super excited to educate people about that today and I'm gonna stop here and let you ask me the next question <laughs> yeah totally thank you so much for that um it's just so so interesting to hear people's backstories and I think it helps people relate to the person mm -hmm. in general and, and hearing all that um so when you decided when you took your medical leave and because you were diagnosed with burnout. Is that the correct term too, to say diagnosed? I wasn't diagnosed with burnout. I was actually diagnosed with anxiety and depression because in uh, 2018, burnout wasn't actually an officially recognized disease by the World Health Organization yet. That happened in May of 2019. So almost a year after I I got diagnosed with burnout in the sense of work-related um, anxiety and depression. Um, but at the time, I had to take two surveys. I went to the doctor and they asked me to fill out these two assessments. And that was kind of the first eye-opening moment where I realized, wow, the things that I have been experiencing is actually not really normal to experience on a regular daily basis. And I know... Darren um, and also Amber now you've had the experience to go through an assessment like that as well in order to get a little bit more of an insight into what burnout actually is mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's crazy because um I think that a lot of folks don't really know that burnout is a real thing you know and maybe right. think it is a buzzword and like a social media kind of thing um, and and aren't realizing that it's a real problem and I think maybe even have guilt for thinking they have it or trying to admit they have it because it's just like no no 
you know, I'm, I'm not working that much or I've done so much more in the past and been fine. So why, yeah. how can I be burnt out now? Um, I've definitely experienced that with just questioning, like, okay, I've seen this word everywhere, hearing it all the time. So am I just making up these symptoms or ideas to fit into that category? Or could that really be me? And, and then what, like, you know, what the heck does that mean? How, how are you supposed to fix it or get out of it, especially those who, you know, maybe don't have a lot of choices in their life to mm-hmm. remove stuff off the table or whatnot, which is all things, you know, we can get deeper mm-hmm. into, but just learning that burnout is actually a now, um, under the world health or yeah recognized Mm -hmm. disease is amazing and I think that in itself will help people take a step back and be able to evaluate what's really going on with them instead of just feeling like it's a cop-out or something totally and you're addressing such an important thing which is kind of that the feeling of isolation and loneliness and worry that you feel as you're going through something like that that's exactly how I felt when I was diagnosed with burnout because as you can imagine, five years ago, it was even like, I had never met a person that was burnt out. I had never really heard about what it was like, may, I don't know, maybe someone was talking, maybe you would have heard about depression, I guess, in a way. But yeah, I felt super lonely at the time and really already anxious anyway, right? Because I was experiencing anxiety and depression. Um, And so it's so important to talk about it and it's so important to help people understand it's a real thing. There's a lot of people that are, (laughs) that are experiencing it. There are a lot of people that are taking time out in order to cope with it, which is not the only thing that you should be doing, which we are hopefully going to address a little bit more in detail today. But yeah, it, it was really difficult at the time to even make that decision to take that time and carve that time out for myself. Right. Because what will other people think of me right that mm-hmm. was kind of the, the thinking I that I had at the time mm-hmm. with the different countries that you worked and studied in did you experience burnout or like the pressure to work harder or more different in the different countries the great question and I would say no because I think at the end of the day most of the people that I've met and that I've worked with are high achievers and they burn themselves out. Yes. And it doesn't matter really on the external circumstances. It obviously it makes it worse, right? When you already have when you have like a high demanding job, when you have a manager that has a lot of high expectations of you, of course it doesn't make it better. But you like the people that I work with are deeply intrinsically motivated to uh, be very productive and ambitious and get a lot of work done and that doesn't change from country to country that doesn't change from from role or responsibility or work from work I always say I made the decision you know back in 2019 to start my own business but it didn't mean that I fixed and cured my burnout Mm -hmm. like not at all like it was the opposite right (laughs) I had to learn the very hard way um, to really start to implement the tools and strategies that I was teaching right. because I was, I am still a high achiever and I'm still tend to overwork myself. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point you make as well about just having your own business. You know, we see it uh, again, a lot of social media these days where people are like, mm-hmm. Oh, 
I've created a business over Instagram and I'm making six to seven figures now instantly overnight. And like you can too. Um, And they just have all these like courses made and whatnot. But I feel like we're made to believe that starting your own business is easy. And then it's super easy to succeed at. And just because you own your own business doesn't mean you're going to work less. Um, Often they always say that entrepreneurs are, are the high achievers. They're the ones who end up working way more. You're working now maybe double what you were working with your corporate job or salary job or whatever it was before. Um, so I think that it's a, we have to be reminded that it's not that easy. And just because you were trying to find a way to help people for something that you were experiencing doesn't mean you're completely healed. Um, I mean, me being a personal trainer doesn't mean that I have a rigid workout routine every day, my whole life. And I'm 100% health all the time. Like I struggle with getting up in the morning, getting my workouts in, staying on a routine, um, and doing all those things. But I'm also not, you know, preaching like this is what you must do or things like that. So I think just being open with that and telling people, you know, these are things that you still struggle with. They're also what make you relatable to your clientele that they understand you've gone through this and are still going through the things for sure. And have to remind yourself every day about them. And because you're not perfect in particularly that area makes you that lifelong learner that then can share all these insights with, with your people. So on during that time off and when you decided to start your own business, how did that kind of form and um, how did you decide what it was it burnout specifically that you started with to help people? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good question. So I mentioned I moved to the US in 2014 to continue work for Google and I fell in love with Lake Tahoe. That's where I am based out of now full time. And I came, I started coming up here just kind of like every other Bay Area person (laughs) and and I fell fell in love with it. And I was going through like a breakup at the time. And I just like, that was kind of my sanctuary. I started coming up here and I just loved it so much and it helped me to heal myself. And it, you know, kind of gave me this like freedom being in America and, you know, being able to like drive three or four hours and be in this absolutely beautiful place. And so I bought a house here in Lake Tahoe in 2016. And that started this um, journey of every three to four days, I would actually, um, um, I would, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, commute <laughs> to oh, the <yeah>. Bay Area <laughs> um, and then work there Monday through Thursday usually and then drive back um, for the weekend. And at the beginning, I thought this was absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. I thought to myself that, I have the best of both worlds. I have like this great tech job in the Bay Area and Silicon Valley. And I have this amazing house in Tahoe and I have this lifestyle, um, you know, that a lot of people were, you know, telling me about that, that they found really incredible. Right. And from the outside, of course, that's what it looked like. Right. Perfect job, perfect pay and benefits and perfect, you know, kind of second home in, in the mountains. Yeah. And on the inside, it looked very different. Um, After a while, um, it just, you know, I became like increasingly anxious about driving, um, actually, because 
I would usually drive during the night because if if anyone knows the Bay Area traffic, it's absolutely horrific. And in order to kind of optimize my time, I would drive at 7 or 8 p.m. in the evenings from the Bay Area um, after a full day of work, after getting up early in the morning, getting a workout in, working all day and then driving four hours um, to get to my other home. And then, you know, I was struggling more and more to leave this beautiful place and to uh, and then usually I would like push it out and push it out so I would like leave on Sunday evening at like 7 or 8 p.m and start my work you know being over overly tired and that kind of just brought me in this like really unhealthy pattern over and again this did not happen over the course of a week or a month this happened over multiple years where Mm -hmm. like just very slowly but surely you know there were like habits and routines that I started to break because I felt super tired. I was really anxious and I just wanted to be there and not here. And so, so there was all of that stuff going on. At the same time, I was managing a global project with over 60 stakeholders that spent over three different continents and multiple different time zones. And that was very stressful. And at the same time, I was also starting to think about what else can I do, right? Because you always ask yourself the question, well, you know, Instagram was a big thing, of course, at the time already. And you start to compare yourself and you start to think, how can I make this? How can I make this other lifestyle that I kind of already have work full time? So I started to dabble in entrepreneurship, actually, during my time at Google. Um, I started an Amazon business. I started to build a a side business for a yoga school that actually never came to fruition, but I worked on it for many hours. And (laughs) And so, yeah, so I just a ton of different things were going on, right? I was kind of the typical high achiever and I was thinking to myself, I can do this, right? I can manage this all and it makes me feel really excited, but I couldn't. And um, and it brought me to burnout. And so, which I didn't realize obviously at the time. So then, you know, it really got to the mo- to the point where I had a really hard time sleeping. I felt constantly anxious. I had digestive problems. I felt super irritated all the time. I constantly got in fight with my partner. All of the emails that came in um, felt like a threat because I was just in this like fight or flight state all the time. And um, I just felt super emotional and, you know, like the external validation and recognition, I felt like it was never enough um, in order to kind of justify that lifestyle that I started to live. And so it kind of came to that point where I was like, I can't do this anymore. Um, And I started to have honestly very negative thoughts um, about self-harm, not to the point of suicide, but I was definitely at some point sometimes thinking, I hope I would just get in an accident so I don't have to do this anymore. Um, And that was really scary. And that was kind of that eye-opening moment for me to say, okay, maybe <laughs> I should, uh, should I should consult the doctor and t- kind of take a break to this. And that's when I went to the doctor when I was diagnosed with anxiety and depression. Um, and I took, I decided to take this three months medical leave in order to really figure out what got me here and what am I going to do next? And that's one important thing to highlight here. Um, the type of people that I work with is not, all, you know, the people that I work with are not always people that say, I need to leave my job in order to feel better because hopefully that I made that really clear already earlier on in the podcast today that no matter where you go, you take your habits and routines with you because that's who you are. No matter Mm -hmm. if it is a new city, no matter if it's a new job, no matter if it is a new manager or new teammates of like change always starts with you. And, Mm -hmm. um, 
And I was very aware of that. So I did invest a lot in my own mental health and personal development throughout those three months when I was on the medical leave. And at the same time, of course, I had to make this huge personal decision. And it was obviously super scary to me to leave the corporate world, to leave a super secure job, um, to uh, also kind of go against everything that, you know, the, the beliefs of my parents were, right? Mm -hmm. Like everybody was like, are you crazy? Like you have like the best job, you have like the best life, you know? But it didn't make me happy anymore. So I had to make a really difficult decision, that which took me in total three years basically to make that I had to get to the point of physical symptoms to say this is not obviously, this is kind of my big uh, eye-opening moment and warning sign that I need to make it, uh, I need to make a bigger decision than kind of trying to manage it all at the same time and trying to have that lifestyle. And because of that experience, it's kind of interesting, right? How life kind of sometimes works but because of the experience with the burnout that was kind of that moment for me to be like wow I had no idea that this, this was a thing I always considered myself a healthy and active person how did I get here mm -hmm. and through that journey of self-reflection and personal growth came that passion of teaching and educating other people about it I actually attended a stress management workshop myself for two days in Berlin during my physical during my medical leave and that and that was kind of like that that idea of like wow what they i want to do what they are doing this is super interesting i want to influence people and i actually came back to google after my medical leave and i started to offer internal stress management training so that's kind of how everything started with stress management trainings and i just had an absolutely incredible amount of people that reached out to me that told me that they were feeling the same way and that they were struggling and that they didn't know how to manage it and so I told myself, okay, if um, that was kind of the last thing I think I needed in order to say, okay, there is demand and mm -hmm. there are people that struggle with it. And from a personal perspective, I just had to, I had to make that decision because it gave me so much anxiety to drive and um, that it was, yeah, that it was just nothing, not something that I wanted to do anymore. And so I started my business. Wow, that's amazing. And just an amazing story to hear about. You know, it, it's not just, oh, I'm stressed at work. I have so much to do. I can't answer another email kind of thing. But like you said, you saw physical things like symptoms manifesting in yourself and as well as like these thoughts um, yes. and the self-harm kind of thoughts, because I've 100% been there, not to that point, like you mentioned, but exactly what you're thinking. It was like, oh, well, if I, you know, got in a wreck right now, I wouldn't care that much because I just, mm -hmm. then I wouldn't have to make any more decisions. I'd just be like, cool, it's taken care of for me. I don't have to worry about it. And just being overwhelmed by so many things going on in life that you just, you just don't know what step to take next. And but again, there's just always this feeling of guilt of like, I shouldn't feel like that. I'm really, you know, and like in your experience, feeling at first, like you have it all, you have this dream life that so many strive for is to have a second home in a beautiful location. It's not that far. You're, you're going every weekend. Like how, how could you want anything more? Right. But, and then you're realizing that, whoa, no, this is not, not how I wanted it to be. Things are not working out. Um the best and how do we change that? So what would you say um, if someone thought they had burnout? Well, I guess before that with peak, let's talk about peak performance coaching first and mm -hmm. um, what it, 
it is exactly that you do because you introduced yourself as that peak performance <laughs> uh, coach. So what is a peak performer? Yeah. Well, so a peak performer for me is a person that's highly ambitious and that's always striving to do their best. And they are probably people that have been successful their whole lives. They've got eight grades in high school. They got the best internships and placements in college and they got into the best colleges, obviously, because of their grades, um, extracurricular activities in high school and their grades and so on. Right. So it's it's kind of been that thread throughout their whole life of always overachieving and always being the best at what they're doing and for a while that works so that that was my experience as well right like it it works um for a while and then I started working at Google after my after completing my master's degree in France and I came to this place that you know everybody I think always maybe I don't know fantasizes about in a way or the other uh, like I came to Google and you know it was I mean it was a big deal of course but in 2011 I don't know I had not really like I had never considered working for Google it was kind of a total coincidence that I started working there um but you know I started working at this company and all of a sudden I was one of thousands of incredibly smart ambitious highly uh successful people um, you know, we always talk about imposter syndrome, which is a real thing. And all of a sudden I was one of many and I was one of many extremely ambitious people. And they weren't, you know, you didn't just get a grade, which there is still kind of a grading system because you get um, quarterly and bi-quarterly performance reviews and evaluations. But then, you know, the next goal that we had was to get to the next promotion and to get like to to get that salary increase or that stock um, update. And so, but then you were competing with the best of the best. And in order to compete because of the habits and routines that you have created over your lifetime, because you knew what you had to do in order to be highly successful and competitive, you, you already learned that throughout your whole life, you started to do just more, right? More hours in the office, work during the weekends, taking on extra projects in order to somewhat differentiate yourself from the other people. Um, and so, and that led, and that leads still a lot of people into burnout today and not just obviously at Google, but in, in many, many other different scenarios, right? Talk about entrepreneurship right now, you're responsible for your own financial security. And again, because of probably the habits and routines that you have built and created, which brought you to becoming to making that bold decision to become an entrepreneur, because I think um, entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart. And um, so that's for me a peak performer. So peak performers are really people that that are super, super successful, um, but up until only a certain point until they really start to burn out because they don't have the right habits and routines in place. Mm -hmm. And so what I do as a peak performance coach is obviously a lot of education, just education about the brain. I actually really love to talk about neuroscience and what is happening to the brain when you are under a lot of stress and why you need to take breaks and why it is important to uh, pay attention to the signals that your body is giving you. So I'm doing a lot of education because people, and that's what I hear all the time is when we build obviously awareness and when we start to understand what is happening to us, we can then only start to make changes and react and take action. Yes. And then one of the biggest realizations I actually had in the first year of the business was that most of my clients were struggling because they were having a hard time to manage their time, manage their calendars, prioritize 
their tasks and say no to say no to things right because mm -hmm. I think know. right <laughs> everybody yeah. has the hardest time with that yes oh. yeah especially females we've talked about that a few times from our own personal perspectives of like mm -hmm. yeah just having a harder time saying no and I think maybe oh, like yeah. being on that a person who's highly ambitious that you you want to you really want to be able to help totally. and say yes to everything and it's hard to admit sometimes that you just have to say no because you don't have the oh. capacity or whatever it may take you're just like no no I can do it I can do it <laughs> no and there are different degrees there's so so different degrees of people pleasing I actually just jumped off a call with a client before coming into the podcast recording today And we were talking about setting boundaries because she had taken on too many projects at work and she was in tears because she said, I'm having such a hard time to say no because yes. I want to people please. And it's it's really difficult. Like we can talk about it and it sounds kind of easy and simple and light, but I know that it's there's really obviously something internally that's going on that makes it very difficult sometimes to set these kind of boundaries. And yeah. that's what I try to help people obviously work through. Yeah. And there are definitely people who will take advantage of people who have totally. a hard time. Right. Rude. <laughs> rude. <laughs> yes, <So> rude. rude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's so, and that's the really fun part for me. So obviously, besides the passion for me for mental health and stress management and burnout, um, comes a huge passion for productivity um, and structure. That's probably why I was a project manager as well um, and pro project and program manager, but also maybe my German discipline and and yeah. structure. But um, but I love that. I love um, to help people really bring in those systems in order to help them better manage their time and calendar. Because this is, here's the thing. Usually when we talk about stress management, we say, well, you should do some self-care, right? You mm -hmm. should take more breaks. But then people don't know how to do that because their calendar is so cramped and they have so many competing priorities and they have constantly fires that they need to put out that at the end of the day, they end up being in meetings all day long and then putting out fires all day long. So they only get to their actual work in the evenings and during the weekends. And so then obviously the first thing that they cut out of their super busy mm -hmm. day is their self-care time. Right. And I know, Taryn, you can relate to this as a personal trainer. I'm sure you see this all the time, too. But if you feel like you like that, this mental it's like it requires mental toughness mm -hmm. right? To, to make that decision, especially at the end of the day, when you feel super mentally drained because you've been working all day long to still make that mental decision of, okay, now I'm going to work out or now I'm going to make a healthy decision about my my food right mm -hmm. or now I'm not going to sit in front of the tv and just watch Netflix because that's honestly the only thing that I want to do right um and so that's what I that's why I integrated the productivity system into the peak performance method because that's like the biggest thing and that's what a lot of people come to me today that they say I need new system I need new productivity systems in order to help me sustain that performance for the next career step for my family for my partner for myself right for all different kinds of reasons yeah I mean time management it's always been something that I thought I was pretty good at but in the t in the sense of like being very efficient with my time of like okay I'm gonna while I put this on the stove I can like do this over here and and trying to do the million things at once but never were these ideas or systems in my mind like 
prioritizing myself. Like I'm not looking at my whole day and being, what can I change or move or whatever to make sure I am taking that time for myself to work out. And as a personal trainer, you see a lot of clients when they start to drop off, um, they're not adhering to the schedule or deciding they don't want to continue on. A lot of times it becomes to the point that they just don't have the time in their schedule because they are also doing something for someone else instead. And I mean, when I took a huge step back from training because I was stacking my schedule to fit everyone else's needs in there and my mental capacity and energy and was so drained at the point that I'm like, well, now I'm not getting my workout in because I'm taking these early classes or sessions, Mm -hmm. which is usually the time that I would work out. Um, and then if I didn't get it in by the end of the day, I was definitely, I was just like done. Um, so I think prioritizing time and, and helping people to kind of find those holes in their days maybe, or what they could move around or even just giving them the, the power to, to say no, to other people, like helping them find that inner voice or whatnot to be able to change things is just amazing. And like I said, a, a thing that people don't really look at, I feel like. Yeah, it's hard mm-hmm. to listen to that voice sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I, I I had another client this morning that just went through the program and he said to me something really powerful, which was, I thought my time management was somewhat okay, but then you look at it right from a different lens or you obviously realize that's still not kind of working for me and there's so many layers to mm-hmm. getting better right it's it really takes time and it's an and it's a lifelong learning like I sometimes have days where I'm great at my time management and then sometimes I pack it full because I think I can get it all done um, and then I feel overwhelmed at the end of the day but Obviously, nowadays, I know how to manage it a lot better um, because even though I still have days like these, um, I know also how to kind of counteract it. Mm-hmm. Right. Learn from it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like and you have the tools to uh, it's still going to happen, but you know what to do after like, OK, I whoops, I did that yesterday. So today I, I need to like reel it in or whatever, as opposed to just letting it snowball into now every day is going to look like that because I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, I'm going on vacation next week. So that's fine. I can, I can hustle through this week or whatnot. And then, you know, yeah, you just never end up stopping. Then you're on vacation and just like, I'll answer a few emails. I'll do this Mm -hmm. or whatever it is. Um, So would you say are most of your clients, do they, are, are they um, experiencing burnout or is that just like a percentage? Like, yeah, it's a good question. Unfortunately, I do have a lot of clients that experience burnout because oftentimes, unfortunately, again, <laughs> we need to kind of feel feel the pain mm-hmm. to have that realization, I need to change something about it. I have people to varying degrees, I would say, in, in the burnout stage. Um, sometimes I have people that have had maybe maybe a situation or maybe a few weeks where they're like, oh man. And then they come to me and they're like, I don't ever want to feel like this Mm -hmm. again. And then I have clients, unfortunately, that have experienced probably two or three burnouts and medical leaves and all the things before they realize, oh, (laughs) it doesn't just help to take a vacation Mm -hmm. or it doesn't just help to change the job or it doesn't just help to take a medical leave. It It must have something to do with me. And then they become more open to saying, okay, what do I actually, what I, what, like they, they are ready to be taken more under the microscope of, um, 
what do I actually need to do in order to build sustainable performance? Um, I do actually do leadership and executive coaching as well. So I do have clients that come to me that um, want to talk more about career stuff as well, um, which is very related to burnout. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm always very excited to talk with people about that too, because sometimes people come to me, they don't realize that they're burned out. But they <laughs> right. say, I want to really change my job because I don't really want to do this anymore because it overworks me so much. And sometimes we just work through that and they stay in the job because they build the better habits and routines. And sometimes they do both. They change the job, but we still work together for a while in order to build those habits and routines to not have them get back in that in that spiral. Right. Um, so what would you say, like some symptoms of some key symptoms of burnout are? I know this is, it can be hard because it's just like with the common cold, you know, I feel like, or even more serious um, diseases or whatnot illnesses all kind of start with symptoms of the common cold. So I feel that could be similar to burnout as you might be experiencing all these things. Uh, maybe it's burnout, maybe it's not. Uh, but what are what are the key points that someone should look at themselves to, to decide they want to dive deeper into figuring out if they do truly have burnout? Right. Yeah. And you're making a super good point. There are each person is different and each person experiences it differently. And I, I hope that I've shared already a lot of kind of my personal mm -hmm. science, right? Of like sleeping problems and anxiety and negative thoughts and feeling super irritated all the time. That's some things, right? Um, I usually go take my clients through an exercise where they have to identify their own early warning signals. Um, they can be either physical or emotional. Um, physical can be anything from digestive issues it can be an eye twitch it can be a tight shoulders all the time right or be feeling super stick stiff in your neck having stomach aches anxiety migraines um constantly getting sick because your immune system is super down because you're constantly in fight or flight there's literally there's yeah. not an exhaustive list yeah. right so that's physical and then emotional obviously emotional is usually feeling super tired feeling super negative feeling um just having yeah. very negative thoughts mm -hmm. all the time. Um, I have clients that say, when I'm in a really bad burnout, I, I don't even have the energy to roll over to switch off my light or to get out of wow. bed, right? Yeah. Which is kind of the, obviously the severe case of mm -hmm. burnout and depression, but um, it really ranges. And um, we mentioned it before, but if you are curious to identify where you are at with your burnout risk level, there's an assessment um, I'm I'm gonna send um you the link, Taryn, and you can share it in the podcast notes. Absolutely, because it's not really on the website yet. I'm I'm kind of still incorporating that. That I did. I just did that for the live event, and I saw that a lot of people resonated with it. So mm -hmm. I'm starting to try and incorporate it more. But that's super helpful because, and that's obviously not a not that's not again also not an exhaustive assessment of are you there or are you not there. Um, it's it varies. People can be they can have a green. Um, kind of a, a green by right? it's kind of the uh, traffic light system green orange and red they can be in the green state and still be burned out mm -hmm. like it's but it can give you some insights and it can give you um, a starting point to identify where am I at on the burnout scale I think that's a great way to describe it as a starting point especially for people who aren't maybe ready to fully admit or they don't have someone to talk to they have no idea where they would even go um to find out if they had if they were really suffering from burnout um is just doing something like this to give them their own like private 
time to really think about these questions and answer them honestly. And then from there, hopefully look into their results a little further and, and make a next step. And that's my next question is with being diagnosed, um, Mm -hmm. uh, again, completely can depend on where you're at in the world, what you have available to you as far as any kind of medical, uh, help or resources rather, would this be something that a Western doctor would even think about right now? Do you think that you'd be able to go to your doctor and say, here's my symptoms? Because I think, you know, many people might get the responses like, oh, you're a little stressed out. Maybe here's a pill to calm down. Or it sounds like you have some anxiety. Here you go. Take this um, and not dive much deeper. So do you have any kind of recommendation onto the type of healthcare provider that people can look to, um, to further get a diagnosis on this? Hmm. That's such an interesting question. So I do want to say, I want to actually, um, have a, a, say something about that. And then I'm, I'm, we'll talk a little bit more about the provider, but that's unfortunately something I see very often. Mm-hmm. I have clients that come to me, they have, they are already on anti-anxiety medicine. They are already on antidepressant um, medication. They are on sleeping pills. They are on Adderall. Wow. Um, like it's all the crazy things that you can think about. Um, and for me, it's always a bit shocking and it's a little bit my culture as well, because in Germany, it's definitely not that way. Mm-hmm. Um, there's definitely a different culture in Germany versus the US in terms of medication and p- taking pills for stuff. Um And so the reason why they do that is I feel like it's because there is a lack of education um, and communication and really taking the time to diagnose probably, probably not just, oh, you have a lot of stress, take that pill, Mm -hmm. but also educating of why do you have that stress? What do there are things that you can do, right? The biggest shocker for me is Adderall. Honestly, that's been something that, um, that I've only started to, uh, like that trend has been happening for the last like six months. I have more and more clients that that tell me that they're taking Adderall and they're in their 30s and 40s. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you're not familiar with it, um, I guess what, what I've heard at least is that it's kind of common in college sometimes that people take it in mm-hmm. order to like have a night where you just get yep. some shit done. Yep. Um, but Adderall has a ton of very, very bad side effects. Um, it actually um, alters your brain matter um, in very in very bad ways when you take it on a regular basis. And again, I think that there's not a lot of education that's happening from a doctor's perspective on, on first of all, the side effects. And second of all, that if your brain and your body is telling you that you're tired and that you can't work anymore, and then you just take a pill in order to fake your body into believing you can do more is my opinion not the way to go and you know there might be people that disagree with me and that's totally okay but I have a very strong opinion about this if you as you can probably tell so that's very shocking to me and I always try to educate my clients obviously about that and I try to help them wean off of those kind of medications if we can um in because it's that's not the long-term solution to just pop a pill right um and so that's unfortunately kind of the sad reality um, because as we know as well, right, to protect the healthcare providers, they have limited amounts of time per client. Like, do they have time to sit with them for an hour and talk with them about um, 
why are they in that high stress state? What can they do about it? You know, talk with them about the habits and routines that are impacting that and so on. They usually don't have that time. And yeah. so th my tip then would be from a healthcare provider perspective, what I did was I obviously got that medical leave from my healthcare provider at the time. Um, and she obviously offered me anti-anxiety and antidepressant medicine that I, um, gladly declined <laughs> um and obviously then you know kind of the 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 course of action was to speak to a coach or a therapist um because those are the people that are obviously they're 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 they are the experts they're like specialized in that stuff and not every therapist might know about burnout either right but there are more and more burnout prevention mental health stress management coaches fortunately coming coming into the market um because of because of how many people are ex experiencing it um i've i use myself as my own guinea pig through my own podcast i met i meet a lot of incredible people i meet obviously coaches and trainers i meet um naturopaths and you know anything that psycho psychologists psychotherapists all the things, right? Um, and so I've tried a lot of things myself over the years as well, because I'm always curious. I'm always curious to learn. And I've been seeing an incredible naturopath um, here in Tahoe, actually, over the last two or three years that does my blood work. And I, you know, that helps me um, to make sure that I'm my best self from, from that perspective as well. But, you know, that's all like we never really talk that much about stress management or how to cope with these things so I do believe that in order to really tackle that you need to probably see a specialist beyond that mm -hmm. that medical um diagnosis yeah totally and also just like being in tune with yourself asking mm -hmm. yourself what are these feelings that I'm having where are they coming from where in my life am I feeling the most pressure it's just going internal and instead of taking a pill to mute it mm -hmm. dive in and assess things and figure yeah. out where you're feeling it yeah do you think that um being having your like cultural roots in germany or what enabled you to say no to those pills in the first place just knowing like that's not how your medical system works that it was a little bit easier totally. yeah mm -hmm. i feel like i think so a lot of people in the U.S. were given this dream idea of these instant gratification, instant solutions. And when someone who's a professional is like, yeah, here, take this, you're like, okay, yeah, I'm supposed to listen to you, um, that it can take a lot for people to say no, even if they feel uncomfortable with it. And and like you said, it has a lot to do too with, you know, how much time does the doctor have to be able to spend time with you and really figure out what's what's wrong but I do hope that people can find like 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 what Amber said go in think about like what it is where yes. where these things are being caused from and and hopefully if you left an appointment not feeling like you got answers you wanted that mm -hmm. you try again find someone different totally. find someone who's going to listen to you or you know who can special who has more of a specialization in these kinds of things than just your regular um general physician but mm -hmm. again it's all so hard like you got it, it's it not so easy to find the people right. and and get the and answers because it, as well yeah 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 and if you get shut down from your doctor or whatnot then it's like you may feel that you your feelings are in, invalid 
Like, yes. okay, well, I guess I'm I'm not actually burnt out and maybe and I am you just are already in that fragile state yeah. when you go to the doctor, right? And you are already feeling all these things. Of course, you want to have a fix at this point. Mm -hmm. um, I do want to say as well, I think it's a really cultural thing in the US um, in terms of pill taking. Like, mm -hmm. again, like it's, it's just very interesting for me to observe it. But I remember I, the first steelies that I had in Tahoe in 2015, um, I, we would come home from the mountain and people would just take an Advil just, just to take, because oh, maybe yeah. their, their muscles would get sore later on mm -hmm. and it yeah. would just blow my mind away. And <laughs> but because people, because, you know, you are little and your parents are like that because their mm -hmm. parents were like that. And so it's just kind of like, you know, it just been handed through the generations that that's the most normal thing to do yeah um, and you know and obviously it's very accessible here as well in the u.s and germany it's not like that like there you can't just buy um advil and um ibuprofen and all these different kind of really um, pills in the like you can't just buy it you have to go to a specific pharmacy which is a specific place to go wow. in europe usually and you need a prescription or like you would talk to a pharmacist first before they give it to you wow um and so that's obviously a very different thing too mm -hmm. um which is then like i like you know my my mom's husband would be like, can you bring me like a 500 pack of Advil when you come to Germany the next time? Because it's just like <laughs> such a thing, you know? Yes. Oh my um, God. Yeah. That's so, yeah, how we feel when we go funny. to Mexico. It's like, you can go get anything you want down there. <laughs> and we, right. But let, we can already get it here. I mean, the things <clears> you had to say about Adderall blew my mind because I know a lot of people still who take it for whatever reasons whether they are actually um like prescribed it themselves or if they are you know abusing it in other ways just to mm -hmm. like said, like have that extra edge and yeah it's like well no if you're if you're tired and you can't think anymore like maybe it's time to Decide. like take that yeah take that right. break you know you don't really need to press through and the long terms of long-term effects aren't aren't really worth it to get you through totally through what um like liver problems adrenal problems oh. kidney problems <laughs> oh, like, just goes, I just, it goes on and on I hate I hate I hate yeah. Yeah. yeah and well you know Adderall has been something I personally have thought about like well just about going to the doctor um about like ADD or anything because of feel so brain foggy and things like that, but doing like the burnout risk assessment and learning more about burnout mm -hmm. like I said it's an actual diagnosis I'm like okay mm -hmm. well there can, you know, that doesn't have to be my first answer is to go, because again, I think like adult ADD, I know a lot of people who've recently been diagnosed and like, that just seems like a Me new too. trend too, but oh, really <laughs> like, is it burnout? Like, is it just fucking burnout? Totally. <laughs> like, You're uh, speaking from my heart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doing the assessment with you at the Wandering Wild event was amazing. Um, mm. I did, maybe you can talk a little bit about the assessment um so I got the challenger Amber got the investigator how many categories I guess sir like do you have in the assessment how many options yep. are there there are three mm -hmm. um so um I have to open it up um yeah. because let me see yeah, I'm um, and I will yeah 100% be linking that because I think like I said cool. just that starting because point people will of be it. Really interested in it yeah yeah, yeah absolutely I wasn't honestly surprised with my um mm -hmm. with my results 
and it, it did validate me that so I cool. felt like okay yeah I'm I'm yeah. not crazy <laughs> good yeah so we had three the seeker the investigator and the challenger so the seeker would be green the investigator would be yellow stage risk level and then the challenger would be red um and some you know obviously that can change over time as well um so it's a little bit of a snapshot and so just some insight to start with right mm -hmm. um and uh, when you go through the assessment you'll also receive an email with the first steps okay so now that i have that profile what do i do with that right um and again because i'm so passionate about education i have a youtube channel that i where i post a video on every week about all different things burnout related productivity related mental health stress management and so on and i do have a podcast as well so i try to always share free resources for people to just kind of start diving into just educating themselves and learning more about it um and then on my website is also a free um I call it like the productive well-being kit that that really has the first three simple steps on how to no matter no matter which level you are if you are curious right no, even if you get like the green um, flag and you get like this the seeker profile maybe you know that you are a person that tends to be a high achiever and that tends to work long hours and so on and you want to be more proactive about it that's mm -hmm. great right maybe you are not maybe you're a project manager and you are not in a really busy time right now but you know when you go back into that busy time of managing a project then those signals and signs are coming back so um there are three steps um, that I always like to like just kind of help people with in the first place the free resources in terms of just like educating you a little bit about what it is and then number two obviously becoming more aware of your early warning signals and what are the things that you like to do in order to manage your stress levels mm -hmm. because there's there, we could talk about this for, for a whole other episode but in short we know what we need to do, but sometimes we feel like we have to do it, right? I'm sure as a personal trainer, you see that as well, where people are like, I should work out that I should do weights or I should do this, right? But if you don't enjoy it, how much harder will it be for you mm -hmm. to do this at the end of the day or at the beginning of the day, right? So I always tell people, find something that you actually enjoy doing mm -hmm. that makes you feel like yourself maybe you just like to go for a walk or you like to sit and read a book please don't you know people I always ask people this and then they say I really like to watch tv or I really like to play video games and I'm always like eh. <laughs> is that really a good way for you to really manage your stress levels and don't get me wrong I love to do this I don't mm -hmm. video games but I don't play video games but I do like to obviously sit in front of the tv and watch Netflix and so on but today I know that that's not going to be the thing that will help me the most mm -hmm. when I've been sitting at my desk for eight hours staring at a screen and so now I challenge myself to go for a walk before I sit in front of the tv right so there can be both there can be balance and then in the third step I really like to help people with kind of the first basics of time management as well because I know that that's what's usually keeping them from integrating more self-care into their day-to-day mm -hmm. -day. Yes, that's amazing um I feel like the tv thing is kind of like taking a pill you're yeah. you just want to sit in front of the tv because you want to numb your mind and totally. forget it but if you were to go on a walk <laughs> you might be spending a little more time with yourself and having to think about the things when at that time of the day you're just like nope I want to shut everything off yeah. um 
So, but I mean, you can listen for to saying it. that. Yeah, you can listen Hold to the podcast or music while walking, so that you're still kind of shutting off the brain and not like overthinking, but you're not completely numbing yourself. Um, right. And a lot of people tell me, oh, and then I I like finish work and then I sit in front of the TV for three hours and then I go to bed and then I can't sleep mm -hmm. because I have all these thoughts still on my mind. I'm like, yeah, because you just numbed your mind for the last 15 hours. Mm -hmm. And obviously your brain needs that space to um, process all of the information that's that came in. Mm -hmm. And um, oftentimes we are in this like hyperactivity state when we finish work because we were used to doing, 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 doing. And then it's sometimes hard to kind of wind down which is mm -hmm. why it's so important to wind down so it's sometimes good to do a more active exercise like what I for example I have the same thing like it happens to every person I find it hard to uh, to just like turn off and then go sometimes I do that I turn everything off I go outside but sometimes I go downstairs and wash the dishes for example mm -hmm, because I yes. still feel like I need to do something yeah. right like um so yeah Dishes yeah. will always be there. Laundry will always be there. <laughs> totally. Dishes will always be there. Put yourself first. Absolutely. It's hard to shut it all off. Um, I did it notice is. when there was times in just my living situations or work situations where I was like didn't have uh just a TV and you'd and streaming wasn't as big in those days that my sleep was so much better because I could go to sleep because that's the thing and go to bed and like the mind doesn't shut off. Um, whether it's watching TV or I find myself just working or being on the computer late and shutting it, you know, like this whole screen time thing is a real, real issue of and winding down. I mean, even your phones now mm -hmm. can tell you can set a sleep time where it reminds you to start winding down. You know, I'm I'm not good at listening to it, but <laughs> every day at 915 or whatever, it goes off like wind down now. Bedtime's at 10 or whatever. Like, thanks for the reminder. Um but do, do you mind if we share the description of the results that we got in the assessment? No, okay. please. Yeah. Okay. So I got the challenger um, and right away in, in big capital letters, um, the description starts off as saying it's time to get serious. You're constantly context switching and you have a huge list of things to do. But no matter how long you work, at the end of the day, you wonder where your day went. You don't feel accomplished and as over and as overwhelmed as ever, or are as overwhelmed as ever. I might've forgot a word. Um, you feel disorganized in your work life and it's starting to spill over into other areas of your life. And that is just like nail on the head there. Um, I constantly, like when I think about my work life, have like 10 to 15 tabs open <laughs> and I start doing one thing and it reminds me like, oh shoot, I got to do that. And I'll switch back and forth Sometimes it's required to do so if I'm, uh, cause I also do marketing. And so if I'm coming up with a weekly newsletter and I am linking to a blog, I go to that blog and realize like, oh my God, this hasn't been updated in forever. Now I have to update that before I can finish this task. So yeah. sometimes in my job, it, I'm kind of forced to do those things, but that's just the way my mind always is. And that always has worked anyways. Um, and I swear every day, I'm like, how the hell is it? What? It's four o'clock. Like what happened? I was up at, at like 7am, like ready to go. How, how did I get here? What did I do all day? Um, so that, that was just so, so fitting to me. Um, okay. Amber, what about you? What are, what were um, yours? I got the investigator. It says build awareness. Do you see bright yellow from time to time? 
Similar to the traffic light where yellow is the shortest phase, you are starting to get warning signals that your work and or personal life is getting too much for you. Feeling of overwhelmness, stress, having a hard time falling asleep and feeling more unfocused at times throughout the day are signals that you are pushing yourself too hard and you are not taking enough breaks. Or maybe you are skipping them altogether. That is a fact. (laughs) Um, This is an important time to start paying closer attention to your warning signs, which I'm going to do now that I know more of the warning signs. Um, And taking action by creating new habits and routines that support your lifestyle. The first step to change is building awareness and good for you to spend this time on yourself. I will send you a follow-up email and step-by-step guide. So Great. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, that, that's it's very it's really helpful to hear as well that that's so um resonating. So thank you so much for sharing that. And I do want to I do want to say a word about ADHD and ADD as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um so that's been a trend that I've been seeing as well. So for the last again 6 months I've had either people coming that take Adderall or I have people coming that tell me they were diagnosed with ADHD. And I didn't have a lot of I'm obviously not a um mental health Con, uh, counselor right mm-hmm. I don't I don't have a, a background in counseling or anything like that so but I'm super curious about these things so I actually just read a book on ADHD over the last couple of weeks because I just have so many clients that are being affected by it and ADHD is oftentimes also treated with drugs um, which there is like a brain thing that's happening when you have ADHD and from the things that you explained to me and to us um, a little bit ago Taryn that that like context switching and task switching I think a lot of people can relate to that Mm -hmm. and a lot of people tell me now maybe I have ADHD because I'm constantly task switching and context switching and what I've learned from reading this book is is that that's not uh, what ADHD is Um, otherwise we would all have ADHD and I think it's just a it's just a result of our today's society of just because our brains are just constantly illuminated with like these triggers and distractions. Um, ADHD usually, I think actually in a hundred percent of the cases starts in childhood and there are like specific things that, that people with ADHD or ADD do um, that people, you know, that are just peak performers that are overworked and doing all the things at the same time wouldn't really um, check the box on. So it's really interesting actually um, to inform and educate yourself a little bit about ADHD as well. And I I can share the book that I read um, if people are interested. Um, it's called... In, in addition to um, it being a buzzword, that's another... ADHD is another thing where you definitely should pay attention to the symptoms and dive deeper because totally. we're constantly having screens in our face. It's... Mm-hmm just so much more likely to have to constantly switch. Like if you look at an ad, there's nothing that lasts, like like frames don't last longer than three seconds and it just switches so fast. Right, yeah. The book is called Driven to Distraction. And I think the biggest thing that I learned is, is that people with ADHD, 
they really can't help it. Like they constantly lose their jobs because they really mm. don't finish the projects. They constantly, uh, maybe they are in relationships, um, but maybe they are constantly um, forgetting things. And like, it's really severe. Like when mm -hmm. you have ADHD, it's like the, it's a severe thing. It's not like you're constantly task switching and you're, you know, you, you kind of feel like brain foggy. It's usually like a much more severe state. Um, just to like very high high level say say what adhd or add is yeah um, significantly deeper than significantly yeah. more severe than what probably 80 90 percent of the population experience yeah or just stating i think i have adhd <laughs> and people are disappointed when they're not being diagnosed with it i yeah. had a client that got that went through the assessment and she said i didn't have it i wish i would have had it because that would have explained why I do the certain things the way I do, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, like, yeah. I think we use those as excuses to then mm -hmm. take yes. the pills and yeah. then, yeah. But and then again, it, they're all band aids anyway. You're not finding mm -hmm. the true answers of how to fix the problem or the root of the problem, or even if it is an actual problem. But I know that when I go to the doctor for whatever reason and I don't have a straight answer, I'm like, damn, I really wish because now mm -hmm. I have to totally. like dig more. So I understand people having disappointment in that, but then realizing like there are other things out there and other resources to help you get to the point to really solve the issue instead of like, now I have to take this pill for what the rest of my life or how long or, mm -hmm. or whatnot. But um, yeah, the attention span thing of just what our society is these days is insane. I mean, people mm -hmm. like that. I think that's where video and podcast has come. So become so big because people can like listen to podcasts while doing things um and they're not having to read a book or read a blog or anything like that and I mean sometimes it's just people uh can learn better by listening than reading too so I mean I'm no shame on the podcast thing can be coming huge but, uh, or anything then, like that and even with that like look at the trends of that like mm -hmm. now it's all short video yeah. because people have an attention span of a bird and they <laughs> can pay attention for 15 seconds and then they get distracted by the next thing and yeah. so short video is becoming more mm -hmm. and more popular right so it's it's just insane um but I um I just actually went as I mentioned my podcast has been around for four and a half years and sometimes I you know look at the analytics and I actually saw that this month was the month with the highest downloads I've ever had over oh. the last four and a half years and it makes it honestly always makes me happy to see it obviously not just because I I have a broader reach and I right I I, I can reach more people with the message and educate them but yeah. also because it means they people actually do go back <laughs> to podcasts yeah. and they do listen to it yeah. And, um, they do take that that time for themselves to really invest because that's that's self-care for me too to mm -hmm. listen to a podcast and to educate yeah. yourself speaking of self-care what is your favorite thing to do when you're starting to feel burnt out I need space for myself I'm an introvert by nature and so and I am obviously very interactive all day long with client meetings and creating content and so on. So I just need space. Um, okay. I love exercise. Um, so that, that's that's a big thing for me. But it is sometimes hard when I am super mentally drained in the evening to be like, and now I do like a super hardcore workout. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes that, that works in the summertime. In the wintertime, it's harder. You, I don't know if you just saw my dog laying down here in the yeah, background. Daddy. He's my little accountability buddy. <laughs> He's saying, Mom, we still haven't been outside. Yeah. Come here. 
I've had to keep putting myself on mute because I've had my door, been able to have my door open all day and the dogs just keep barking they at the crows. <laughs> they know. I they had to lock them up, out. <laughs> they can pick up on our nervous system. They know yeah. when so he usually jumps up at me especially when I'm I'm quiet when when he when I speak he kind of knows I'm busy Mm -hmm. um but when I start to be quiet he's like okay ma'am oh yeah he's definitely yeah to go outside with him and then to just be alone be by myself yeah that's great I can totally relate to the space thing for sure needing to just have some some alone time Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yep yeah absolutely Especially as I get older, I'm like, I need it more now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. Welcome to the 30s. Yeah, yeah. Totally. yes. Hot topic yeah. of uh, of ours many a time is just being in our 30s. <laughs> I'm like, what yeah, is life okay. right now? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Well, Juliet, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us and sharing some resources, which I will link in the show notes. Um, before we sign out, though, let people know where they can find you, um, whatever social media handles you want to share, website or anything like that, your YouTube. And again, I'll, I'll link it all for you guys to to click on later in the show notes. But. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for these cool questions. It's, I really love these kind of conversations. So thank you so much for having me and for making the time in the evening, in your evenings to record this Um, I would say the best way to start is either my Instagram account, which is Julia Arndt Coaching, A-R-N-D-T, and uh, my YouTube channel, which is just my name, Julia Arndt. Awesome. The best way to start. And then there's links um, on my Instagram account is actually also the link to the assessment. So either in the show notes or um, I actually did already link it to the Instagram account, um, to the the bio link stuff um, where you can just click on that as well. Perfect. And if people want personal like training with you, is that also in your profile? Yes. Awesome. Awesome. So best yes. way mm-hmm. to find Julia will be her Instagram where you can find the links to the burnout assessment. So you can take it yourself and then figure out what steps you may need to take personally. Um, and her website for one-on-one coaching or group coaching or the, just the, find out the surface, the services she has to offer. Um, and as she mentioned to podcast and YouTube, where she shares a lot of free information and resources. So I think, like I said, I've been following Julia for a while and just all of these resources are amazing to have so I definitely suggest checking her out for sure um and with that we'll just uh tell you all goodbye good night good morning again whatever time of day it is whatever day it is that you're listening thanks for listening and we hope you got something great out of this episode bye thank you We hope you enjoyed this episode and would do us a huge favor since we don't have any sponsors or anything like that and would rate and review us on whatever platform it is you use, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, uh, whatever it is. And if you're listening and downloading just through the website, tearingituppodcast.com, leave comments. Um, We'll definitely engage back with you. And on social media right now, we're just on Instagram, tearingituppodcast is the handle like the posts, share the posts, comment on the posts, whatever it is you got, um, show us your love so we just stay relevant and show up in the rankings at all. So again, rate and review, please, and we'll see you next time. Thanks.